Okay, we're going to start uh, from the middle of Lama Hayam Aleph. We left off about halfway down the daf yesterday, and uh, we're going to continue here with the Rabbi Elazar. The Gemara established yesterday, based on the Rabbanan, that a prat uchlalu prat, that when you have a detail, then a general statement and a detail, they learned that out from Nazir, then we are done, ke'ena prat. Then we l- include everything that is similar to the details that are enumerated there. That works well for the Rabbanon, or that principle works well for the Rabbanon, because they darshan in Nazir in that manner. The problem is that Rabbi Lozer in uh, Nazir darshans it as a riboyu mute, which we saw earlier. So now what the Gemara wants to know is Rabbi Lozer, who does darshan it like a riboyu mute, what does he do? How does he know the principle of pratu chlalu prat? So that's how the Gemara begins, in the middle of Lamed Hamad Aleph, Rabbi Lozer darshan yet riba. Rebelazar, who darish the case in Nazir as a miut and a ribui, prat uchlalu prat, minale. Where does he know the principle of prat uchlalu prat? So the first question, Tosus points out here, is how do we know that he holds of it at all? Why do we, why do we have to assume that Rebelazar believes in the principle of prat uchlalu prat? So Tosus gives a number of answers. One of the, probably the simplest answer is that if it was true that Rebelazar did not believe in the principle of prat uchlalu prat or then he should be arguing in every case where the Gemara brings up such a principle, we should see Rabbi Lazar being cholik in those cases. And we don't see that. The fact that he is not cholik in all these other places shows that he believes that that principle is intact. It's just not relevant here because he has the opportunity to darshan it in our case as a mute and a reboy. So that <coughs> Tosos believes, or the Gemara believes, that Rabbi Lazar does hold of this principle. And since he holds of this principle, they want to know where it's from. And we'll generally see that Rabbi Lazar, anywhere the, the Chachamim, Darshan, a Klau, Upratu Klau, they think it's a general principle, then a detail, and then another general principle afterwards, that Rabbi Lazar will try to knock off the first general principle, and he'll make it into a Prat, Uklau, Uprat. He'll make it into a detail, then a general principle and a detail, and then we'll see today, later in the DAF, we'll understand what the difference is between Klau, Upratu Klau, which means the general principle then a detail, then a general principle, and a prat, where you have a detail, then a klal, a general principle, and then a prat. Both of them end up kaina prat. In all these cases, we include everything that is similar to the detailed enumeration there. So what's the difference between them? And that's enough to mean that the Gemara will discuss later today. I will point out that, uh, for those of you who have them here, the uh, sheets I put together that discuss all the principles of Rebo Yamiyot and Klaal Prat can help uh, just in understanding the general terms that we're using here. And uh, if you don't have it, you can get it uh, off the uh, website. We posted it to the website. All right, so Amar Rabbi Bo, the first uh, attempt at this, and after the high court, we're going to learn now from this, from the Parshat HaShomrim, by Shomar Sachar, Bechitein, Yishel Reyu, Chamor, Orsho, Oroseh, so if a person gives over to watch, now we have detail enumerations. What is that? A Chamor, Donkey, a Shor, an Ox, or a Seh, or a Sheep, Prat, so those are all details. Vichol, Behemah, or any animal, so that is a general category, Klau, Lishmor, to watch, Chazaru, Prat, he went ahead and gave a detail, lishmor, that can be watched. So therefore, we have a prat uklalu prat. We have a detail, a general principle, and then a detail. prat, And therefore, you only learn out uh, things that are similar to the detail. And what are we learning there? There we're talking about the shivuat hashomrim. When is a shomer sacher chayev to take a shivuah? And on what items is he chayev to take a shivuah? So the keina prat is only like items that are that that are watchable, I mean that they are domesticated, I mean that animals that by definition are not watchable, they cannot be put in its possession or he cannot accept on them, on them responsibility that will generate a shvuah. The only time it will be chayv shvuah is if he's given animals that otherwise could be watched and therefore when they're... 
So the shvua that he, the Shomer Sach is required to give that he did not shalech yad by that, that would only apply to animals that are otherwise watchable. Then, Omar Rova says, well, He has another opportunity to learn that. He learns it out from the beginning of Parshat Vayikra by the Parsha of the Ola. It says, the imin from, sounds like from, is a parat, right? It's some sort of uh, limited amount of animals. Hatzon, sounds like any type of animal within the category of sown, clout. So that's the general principle. Klasim v'ziv. Then we talk about sheep and goats. Chazar uprat. Then it gave you a detailed enumeration. So we have a prat, uchlal, uprat. We have a detail, then a general statement, and a detail. He said, done, okay, not prat. Then we're only done, like similar to the prat. So now, what are we including, or what are we excluding over here? So that is the subject of a machlokas between the Mepharish and Tosos. Tosos, the Mepharish over here says that when it comes to Minakvatim, uh, when we come to exclude, what are we going to exclude? We're going to exclude items that have had a Aveira done to them, for instance, Navad or Nirba. Whereas animals who performed the Avera, it wasn't particular to their goof, but they were used to perform Avera, for instance, plowing with a shor and chamor together with kilaim or plowing on Shabbos, those animals would not be precluded from being put on the Mizbeach. So that's what the Prat, the Chal Prat, teaches you, Kena Prat, the shor and the Gavits come to teach you that when it comes to uh, an animal that is ro'uyv, to be an olar, to be put on the mizbeach, then we're going to divide up which animals are precluded and which animals are included. Those that are precluded are the animals who have had a veira done directly on their goof. For instance, nevda, someone's worshipped them, or nirba, someone's had a relationship with them, then they will be disqualified from being put on the mizbeach. Whereas if an veira was performed with them, means they plowed, in Kilaim, or they plowed in Shabbos. That wasn't, the Avera wasn't on the goof of the animal, but the animal was used to perform an Avera. Those will not be precluded from being put on the Mizbech. Tosa is asking that, where do you see that? Where, why is the word Kfasim and Izim any more apparent? Why is the word Kevis and Anais, why are they different before or after the Avera's performed them, no matter what Avera's performed them, whether it's Nirba, Nevat, or it's Harisha. And therefore, Tosa says now that the inclusion and exclusion here have to do with not with the particular Avera that's performed with the animals, but has to do with the age of the animals. And therefore, he says that the Prat, from the Prat, you would have thought that I would exclude animals that are two years old. Because a basic sheep, a Kevesh, is one years old. And Stam A's and a regular goat is considered to be one years old. So therefore, I would have thought that you'd only include one-year-old animals. And then a Balmum also. It says, maybe Balmum is excluded because it says Zachar Tamim. That you can only bring a Zachar that is whole and unblemished. So now when we say Kme'ena Prat, similar to the Prat, right, Balmum, then Venir Be'ema'akwala Filobe'ishanim. So what's the Prat? Since the Prat was Balmum that was excluded, so we're going to include anybody who doesn't look um, necessarily like a Zachar Tamim. That will be even a two-year-old animal. So according to Tosus, in the end, what is included from this Pratokaloprat is any animal even over the age of one. What is excluded is an animal with a mum with a blemish on it. And therefore the term keves and A's, which generally only apply to one year old animals, will be included from the fact that there's a broader category of Zachartami. But what we can include is a Balmum, because we have a specific limit in the Pasuk that says that a Balmum is disqualified from being an Ola. Now the Gemara continues. <coughs> Why did you wait until in the Parsha Tola you waited to talk about the tzon, 
that category, why don't you start from the beginning of the parsha? The second pasuk in that parsha says, when you bring a carbon law, you can bring him from two categories. You can bring him from the bakar, from the large animals, or the zone, or from the smaller, the behemoth dakot. The behemoth gasot, the behemoth dakot. So now you have min, which is prat, is an exclusionary item. Ha behemoth is klal, a general principle, bakar of its own, chazaru prat. And then we went and detailed it again. You have bakar, and you have zone. <coughs> so now we have a <coughs> prat, uchlalu prat. So why did you wait until the second parsha in parsha Ola? Why don't you get it from the first parsha in Ola? Ziyadatan elakena prat. Amalei min hadlekalamashmina. He says I can't learn it from there because I won't think that the word min over there is an exclusion. What are you going to think? Behema includes chaya, and min means only behema and not chaya. Because even Yotam have a mina, have behema. You would think the word behema means chaya. Excuse me, bichlal behema. That a chaya is a subcategory of behema. And therefore, when I said min to be an exclusion, I can't say it's an exclusion because if it's explicitly written, mina behema, or mina chaya, that both of them are written. If they're both written, when you say min, then there's nothing to exclude. That's the way the Mefarish reads this uh, Gemara. Tosa reads a slightly different variation on the Gemara, but his point is that the hava mina here is that the word behema itself should come to exclude chaya. So the Gemara says, well, Bitmiya, how could you say that it's Chaya Bichlal Behema? The Behema is not, right, inclusive of Chaya as well, because Amalei Chaya Bichlal Behema. Right, he says, if Chaya is becoming active, then the next line in the Pasuk is Bakar Vitzon. Right, so you have a Prat Uchlal. You have another Prat that is teaching you that for sure Chaya is excluded. So if it's teaching you Chaya is excluded, how could you say <coughs> that the word Behema Right, that how could you not say that behema includes also chaya? Because bakram tzon comes to exclude it. So it must be that behema is a klal or a general principle. So whether according to the Mifaresh who says that the word here behema would include chaya and behema, and therefore the word min is not a prat because it would mean min behema and min chaya. The Gemara answers up no. At the end of the pasuk it says bakar tzon, so it's clear that the pasuk is talking about behema alone and not a chayyah. And therefore, when it says min, min is an exclusionary term. Whereas, according to Tosvos, the question here is, well, you want to say behema, means behema literally, and not behema and chayyah. <coughs> How could you say such a thing? We know that chayyah is bichlal behema, and chayyah bichlal behema, it's clear because the next line in the postuk is bakar v'tzon, which is the only time behema. So it must be that behema is a broader category, and then it comes and tells you about bakar v'tzon to the exclusion of a chayyah. But according to either of them, in the end, it turns out that this is a good Pratu Klalu Prat. If this is a good Pratu Klalu Prat, then Rebelezer could have learned from this Pasuk as well. So now we have three possibilities for where, from where, from whence Rebelezer can learn out Pratu Klalu Prat is Ke'ina Prat. Now the Gemara is going to move on to the more general principles here. We know on the Hokihu. How do we know that these principles work at all? The Tanya, we have a Brice of, Right, so you have a pasuk by Meister Shani. You're going to take the money up to your shalim to purchase goods. So you're allowed to buy whatever you want. Klal, that's a general principle. Bakar v'tzon uba yain v'sheichar. Then it enumerates four items. Prat, it gives you only details of what you are allowed to buy. Then it says b'chol hashav tish alchon nafshecha. Then it says whatever you want. Chazaru klal. So now we have a klal, a general principle. Uprat, a detail. Uklal, and another general principle. Yet Daniel can not prat. Then we only include things that are similar to the pratim. What are those pratim? There, those four. Items, what do they have in common? Maprat mufurash primi pri, that they all give birth. These are items that reproduce or come from another fruit. They gidule karka, and they grow from the ground. Apkol primi pri, also anything else that 
<coughs> comes from uh, another, is either born or comes from another fruit, and the Gedule Karkin grows on the ground. So that would include items like ofot, like birds, and it would exclude items like fish, salt, and water. That's what the Gemara says, Bechom Arvin, and the Gemara Nerevin. Now, Mechte. Now, we, from this, we can see that a Klal, Upratu Klal, is Kein Parata Danina. By then, we include things that are similar to the Prat. Klalabratra Mahani. What was the use of the last Klal? Why can't you just have a Klal Uprat? Why do you have to make it into a Klal Upratu Klal? Ahani, the Sufi, called the Domile. It comes to include everything that's similar to it. Because, had you simply had a Klal Uprat, then we would say that the prat defines the cloud. It is explanation of what the cloud is. And therefore the cloud will be limited to only that which is the prat and no more. So the second cloud comes along to now do more. What does that cloud add for us? It adds for us that anything that is similar to the prat will be included. It too. Now we have a similar case by prat to cloud prat. Right, when a prat, we have a detail and then a general principle prat and then another detail we learn like the prat, things that are similar to the prat. So Prater Batro my honey. That second prat, what is its value? So the Gemara says, Ilav Prater Batro. Had we not happened the second prat, then I would say it was a prat uklau. And what is a prat uklau? A prat uklau is that the klau is mosif ala prat. It includes everything. It's as if the prat doesn't exist. The klau overrides the prat, as if the prat doesn't exist at all. So now when I have the prat afterwards come along, is it doing anything? If we just learn it like a prat uklau and we ignore the last prat. And that second pride is not doing that second detail is not doing anything. So the second detail comes to tell you that the cloud, that general principle, does not wipe out the prat, but only allows us to include things that are similar to the prat, similar to the detailed enumeration there. Now the Gemara asks, so michte train klala yu prat, so when I have a klala prat uklau, u train prat uklau, or if I have a prat uklala prat, ke ain prat danina, we always learn out similar to the prat. So ma ike bene bene, what's the napkamina? Why is there a difference between them? So, or what is the difference between them? So Mar says, Ika, the ilu tartin klala yu prato, if I have two klalim in a prat, ika prata de damilea filu bechad sad marbinan. If I have a detail or an item that is similar to the pratim, those that are enumerated there in one possibility or one category or one item in one way, then we would include it to be included in the principle. Whereas we have tre prate uklalo, if I have a prat uklalo prat, only if the prat is similar in all ways to those that are enumerated there, Marbina, I include it. But if it's only similar in some ways to the prat that are enumerated there, low Marbina, I would not include it. Those those points out. Rush here point out that it's just logical that two klalot versus two pratot would include more. And therefore the Gemara concluded the Napkamina between them was that the klalot, the two klalot would include more, that you only need one or one thing that is similar to the enumerated pratim, whereas a pratachala prat would only include things that are similar in all ways, or two ways, meaning that all ways in all directions towards the pratim, those details that are enumerated. Now, michte, pratuklau, when I have a pratuklau, masaklau musif al haprat. When I have a pratuklau, the cloud comes and overrides upon it, includes it, everything. Vitrabe kolmile, it includes everything. Umiyet riba, when I have a principle of miyet, miyot, and then a ribui afterwards, nami, right, this is the principle of Rabbi Lazar, riba kol, also includes everything. Vitrabe kolmile. So what's the difference between a pratuklau? and a miut and a riba. If you use these different principles of limud, is there a difference between when you have a prat and a miut riba? Ma'ika ben miut riba, the prat What's the difference between them? So here, when it comes to nozir here, when you have a prat the cloud is so strong, it overrides the pride entirely, and I include everything. And therefore, a nozir would be chayav, eating for eating leaves, or lulavim, or the green shoots 
that come out of the geffen itself, out of the geffen, out of the vine itself, even for eating them, not the fruits of the vine, but the vine themselves, or the leaves of the vine, I would be chayav for if I learned it as a practical cloth. Whereas I've learned a meal to read and I learn it from an exclusion, and then an inclusionary item, then love him in, then the screen shoots are yes, alim low, but the leaves, no. So the basic difference, and this will point out, you can look on the sheets that I handed out, but the basic difference is that when you have a claw and a prat, we assume that the prat is the perush, is the definition of the word of the claw. So therefore, if I have a prat, the prat comes and explains or defines the claw. Whereas I had the other way around, when I have a prat before the claw, we can no longer explain that the prat is explaining the claw, because it would have come afterwards, not before. The fact now I have a claw overrides entirely the prat. Whereas a mute and riba don't work that way. When I have a mute and then a riba afterwards, we say that the mute is mute something, one item, and the riba is including everything. So therefore, or being including at least something. So here, over here, when we include, we include the lulavim, the green shoots, but the alim, but the leaves, we leave out. So now, everybody has to deal with the fact that we, Rabbi Lazar was the one who learned before from the miyot riboy, and he included both him and olim, and he only excluded shabishta, the hard eights, the stems, the hard stems, that were what he excluded. So how come over here, we're saying that a miyot that we say him in, and olim lo? That seems to disagree with what Rabbi pointed out above. So the Mephorish answers up that, and <coughs> hachanami, that uh, all the Gemara's point is here, is one possibility is that it's just giving an example of what you could exclude. It's not that this you have to exclude, it's just showing that you have to exclude something. So you can either exclude Alim, or you can exclude Shabishto. And so Rebbe Lezer Bob excluded Shabishto, and the Gemara over here excluded Alim. But not that these are uh, different opinions, but just pointing or making the point that this principle has to have something that is excluded. That's one possibility in the Farish. The second possibility in the Farish is that in Ochanami, that Rebbe Lezer agrees that it's Lulavim in, that the green sprouts are, are yet, and Alim low, and leaves will be not, but he has an additional reboy in the Pasuk, which says, And that additional reboy includes even Alim, even though it would not include it from his general limud of the miut and then the reboy. Tosos, on the other hand here, it says, no, that there's actually a difference and that there is a uh, classic chakira uh, or split between different types of uh, alim here. There are different types of shoots and different types of alim. So if you look in the Tosos, Ika, the last Tosos on the Amud here, it says, Tema. He started out in the beginning of the Gemara, and he includes leaves. Earlier in the Gemara, we were talking about soft leaves. Similar to the green sprouts or the green shoots off of the vine. Well, now we're talking about hard leaves. If they're hard, they're closer to being like Shabishta, like the stems. And therefore, Rabbeinatam says that the Alim that we're talking about here, or the Tosis, I'm sorry, says that the Alim we're talking about here are different than the Alim before. And they actually agree. So there's an Alim that look like Lulabim, that would be included, and that was the Gemara that Rabbeinatam was talking about. And there are Alim that look like Shabishta, that seems like the harder stems, and those are the Alim that we're talking about over here. So we'll stop uh, the doc here, and we'll continue from here tomorrow.